What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first Lack John Cardinals of 2022. Got a special guest today, Arm Layton. We're talking Cardinals galore with him of Just Baseball, talking Cardinal prospects. He's playing GM for a little bit. It's going to be a good one. So stay tuned for a fun episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Cardinal fans? Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Cardinals. We have a very special guest, been on the show a couple different times, and it's Arm Layton of Just Baseball Media. Arm, how you doing today? Good, good. It's uh, Cardinals week at uh, Just Baseball, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, have this article out a little bit after. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of you having me on and uh, excited to talk some Cardinals. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's been a little bit since we have you on, and you've changed roles a little bit since we've had you on. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about what what you're doing now? And it's kind of it's pretty neat to be honest with with, with you guys what Arm's doing. So why don't you give us a little bit of background into in what you're doing now and how you kind of started this with a couple of other locked on guys and guys that you know as well. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Well, I I had really enjoyed hosting locked on MLB prospects and growing that out, and uh, but during COVID, built out justbaseball.com, and it just Got a lot of momentum, especially on socials and the podcast and all of those good things. And uh, I started taking up a lot of my time and I actually put the minor league broadcasting on hold to, to go all in on this. And uh, unfortunately, recently had to step away from locked on MLB prospects just to be able to focus on everything on the just baseball side, uh, but still doing a ton of prospect content as, as well as the top 10 prospects for the Cardinals system. That write up is going to be up. Uh, very soon. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. So really just wanted to create a one-stop shop for baseball fans, such as baseball, where you can really get everything from MLB, prospects, college, collectibles, fantasy, betting, everything uh, you could possibly want in the baseball world. And uh, it's been really cool to see the reception so far. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome site. I, I recommend, you know, if, if you with not a lot of baseball news to talk about, you guys keep it uh, pumped with content pr- pretty often. You have a couple podcasts out as well. Uh, one with Jeff Baseball and one with, with Jeff Conine, if I if I remember reading that correctly. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that, too, and then we'll get to the Cardinal stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Just Baseball show is, uh, of course, myself, my co-founder, and then uh, our buddy Jack McMullen, who broadcasted for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, uh, the Padres org. And that show has been a lot of fun. It's been really awesome to see the numbers there. And then uh, Jeff Conine, of course, 18-year uh, big league vet. Uh, is one of our advisors and also co-hosts a podcast with me. And that show is a blast because Jeff just shoots a text to whoever. Uh, and, you know, we, we just had Brooke Shambi on, just published that uh, podcast today. Uh, so very excited about that one. We had Jason Stark on a few weeks ago, uh, but also Jeff's just recall of the 97 World Series 03. We just talked about the Bartman game the other day. Just so <laughs> absurd to be able to talk to somebody that was it playing in the game about right. it. Um, so it's a really awesome opportunity. And, and Jeff's an absolute rock star on the mic, too. Uh, two-time all-star on the baseball field, but he's a stud uh, on the podcast as well. So it's been really fun. Well, that's awesome. You got a lot of a lot of good things going, a lot of, a lot of fun content to pump out. So if you see Arm Layton's name attached to anything, it's worth a listen or, or worth a, a read. So you mentioned that, that it's Cardinals week here at Just Baseball Media. And whenever the Cardinals went on, on the run of 21, as Dan McLaughlin put it, and play-by-play announcer for the Cardinals, um, you had published an article uh, about the let the Cardinals reintroduce themselves. It was posted late, yeah. late September. Um, what, what was your 
uh, impression from an outside standpoint of the Cardinals 2021 season to where they were in June to where they ended up in October. Yeah, you know, that was such a, a wild run for so many reasons because it wasn't like the Cardinals made some major acquisitions, right? Or it right. wasn't like Jack Flaherty came back and was healthy. It, not, nothing that you would have expected would boost the team was really what boosted the team. It was really just kind of things coming together for them. But on top of that, the acquisitions of like Jay Happ and John Lester ending up paying dividends. Yeah. I really, not to take anything away from those two lefties uh, that to do what they did, you know, down in the, the twilight of their careers was impressive. But I think it was a level of them trusting that they could pitch to contact. And, and they knew that they had one of the best defensive teams in baseball history behind them. And I know that sounds crazy to say, but you're going to be hard-pressed to find a much better defensive team than what the Cardinals had last year. And funny enough, the more I dive into it, as I'm looking at the article I'm working on now as a follow-up to that piece I put out when they were on their run, that should be out uh, probably later today or tomorrow, they had the Cardinals the largest differential in ERA, their actual ERA, and XFIP. And for the people that might not be huge into analytics, it's just fielding independent pitching, which basically just takes the fielders out of the equation, and the X is the expected stat of it. So basically, based on the batted balls everywhere and, and the walks and things like that, what the expected ERA was, it was way higher than their actual ERA, and it kind of shows you how much the defense was able to just – bail out pitchers so the way i look at it from there is i'm like okay well steven Matz is better than both those southpaws and right. he should see his stuff play up even more or at least his effectiveness play up even more i think the cardinals need more arms but uh, i think last year was a really good example of how a really elite defense can really help a pitcher big time uh especially in the confidence department and ability to just throw strikes and pitch to contact I, I totally agree. I mean, there, there's a lot of gold around that infield. And even in the outfield, I think Dylan Carlson's going to win a gold glove one day. O'Neill and Bader are both top-notch, and you, you can go on and on. You can say what you want about Yadier Molina overall in 2021, but defensively he's still, at least in terms of managing a pitching staff in the intangibles. Oh, yeah. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, home runs might, might be sexy, but catching the ball and throwing the ball still get outs, and you still need 27 outs to win a baseball game. And at the end of the day, that, that's, what, that's what the Cardinals were able to do. And you mentioned the acquisitions. It's not like the Cardinals went out and were, were, were the Braves and got all those outfielders. Or they, they went out and were the Yankees and spent some, some big-time um, payroll and got some uh, Joey Gallo or Anthony Rizzo. They were able to, to get the best out of what they got. And I, I was critical of that move. I, I highly criticized that move, of, or those moves, I should say, of getting J.A. Happ and John Lester because I think it was a, an, uh, an easily crit criticizable move. You, know, yeah, you, yeah. Have, you have a, a team that's within striking distance of at least a wild card. They were within – uh, single digits amount of games and they go out and get two guys that again all due respect to them are in the twilight of their careers but for what they gave the cardinals that move ended up those moves ended up panning out quite well and well, when you look at the offseason as it stands right now obviously still in the middle of a lockout uh, but the cardinals did make one splashy move and that was to get steven Matz. you mentioned him a little bit um but i, I want to get your impressions on that move as well as you mentioned it a little bit what is well for, let's go on one question at a time well, what's your overall impression of, of the steven Matz deal I love it because I thought that last year, you know, in 2020, obviously it was a rough one for Mats. Uh, but you you look beyond that. He's been what he was last year, right? And, and I'll take the sample size of four regular seasons over an abbreviated, hectic 2020. And not to mention he was pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays, which 
2020, they weren't the Toronto Blue Jays. They were, you know, wherever they were at the time, Blue Jays, which was Dunedin and all over and Buffalo. And that's really difficult, especially when you consider that most of those stadiums in Dunedin and Buffalo are band boxes, really difficult to pitch in. The thing with Matt's is the health, right? And we want to see him be able to stay on the field, but he went 150 innings. And what stands out the most to me about this Cardinal staff that I was just awestricken is that you had Adam Wainwright go 200 innings, third most innings in Major League Baseball, which is incredible. But they only had one other pitcher with more than 100 innings pitched. And that guy's a free agent in KK game, who I know, who I know you love, and and I actually right. think the guy gets outs too. Yeah, that is that's one of the I, I there's no way I can pull that. I'm a big stat head guy. I'm a big uh, you know pull the crazy numbers guy. I don't even know how to pull that, but I know for a fact it's incredibly rare that you only have two pitchers with more than 100 innings on your staff, even in today's game. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think the match acquisition is huge, even if he only gives you 150. Uh, but remember, if you're losing KK Kim, uh, yes, he's better than Kim, but it does kind of soften that that uh, impact a little bit of, of adding a match. So it'll be interesting to see how they decide to proceed. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of tough to see one guy out, one guy in. But Matt's is definitely an upgrade uh, nonetheless. I think you look at it, too. I, I'm kind of old fashioned in this where I think it's good to have not all five right handers in a rotation. I, I just think you, know, you have a three-game series. You're going to see three right-handers. You're going to get in, you know, even though they could be different right-handers, you just get in that mode of, okay, it's coming from, you know, roughly the same slot, right? So I think throwing in a lefty in there kind of makes that rotation better in and, in and of itself. You're also going to get likely Miles Michaelis back for a whole year and Dakota Hudson back, who impressed at the end of 2021. So but what Stephen Matz, I think, it, like, like you said, is going to be able to use that defense. I did a New Year's resolution episode uh, last week about the pitching, and I said – Sometimes the, the problems that we face are very simple. For the Cardinals' problems, it's a, it's a solution that we've heard since coach pitch, <laughs> since middle school, throw strikes. If this yep. Cardinals staff can, can throw strikes and pitch to that defense, whether it's Paul DeYoung or Mundo Sosa at shortstop, you're going to have gold or at least silver at every other defensive position on the field. So if you can just throw strikes and try and miss the barrel as much as possible, you're going to be just fine. Quick break in the action to tell you about Built Bar. It is New Year, and that means New Year's resolutions. Maybe you want to get in shape. Maybe you want to eat healthier. Well, Built Bar is here to help you with both. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered 100% in real chocolate and contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That means it tastes really good, and it's still really healthy. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can still enjoy something that tastes good and is good for you. And that way, you can enjoy a delicious Built Bar. You can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from, so go to Built.com right now and make your choice and get 15% off your order with the promo code LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 50% off at Built.com. I'm trying to eat healthier this year, so you know I've got myself some Built Bars. Head over to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. Um, but, but when this lockout ends, I think no matter when it ends, it's going to be a flurry of moves made by any team. Uh, you had an episode out today on just baseball playing GM for the St. Louis Cardinals. And we're not going to go for another hour and two minutes, which is how long that podcast was. But what, what is, for you, what is one move, or the, the first move, I should say, what is the first move the Cardinals need to make 
out of the lockout. Well, before I answer that, yeah. I kind of want to flip it back on you. Is how much of a splash <laughs> do you think that they w- could possibly make? Because I-, I try to be as have as much of a pulse on every team situation as right. possible, and some don't really show their hands. So I like to kind of ask people that are close to the team, knowing what <clears throat> excuse me, knowing what they've done in the past and kind of their behaviors. Could you see the Cardinals making a big splash, or is this going to be more of a low key kind of uh, move on the other side? I could, see, you know, not not duck the question, but I could see it going both ways because I think the Cardinals are a team that keeps their cards close to their chest. Nobody yep. knew about the Nolan Arenado deal until a day before. Nobody knew about the Stephen Max deal until eleven thirty at night. You know, That's so why I say that exactly. Right. These, these, this isn't a team that has a lot of leaks. You know, this team stays quiet. That this team. You know, Jeff Carr of Locked on Reds is going to hate me for this, but this team does the Cardinal way. They put their nose to the grindstone, they go to work. So the the only splashy move that I could see happening is Trevor Story. Um, and the, the reunion at the shortstop position with Nolan Arenado on the left side of the infield. Um, Paul DeYoung and Edmundo Sosa, you could argue both of them are not starting caliber. You also could argue they both are. You know, it's just a matter of where you want the Cardinals to spend their money. Because the Cardinals do have money to spend. They, they lost Dexter Fowler off the books. They, they're going to get rid of. They got rid of Carlos Martinez and Matt Carpenter off the books. Andrew Miller, all these guys off the books. They have close to thirty-five million dollars to spend, uh, minus the eleven million they're spending on Stephen Matz. So they still have money to spend. I think it's just a matter of where they're going to spend it. I love the Stephen Matz deal, but if that's the only move they make this offseason, it's a loss. Right, it has to be paired with other moves. And the reason I think story is still likely, even after John Mozeliak has said Paul DeYoung is going to get another shot, three days before Nolan Arenado was a Cardinal, John Mozeliak verbatim said that Matt Carpenter is going to start at third base. You just never know, you know. So See, I that's why that, I ask you. Right. That's why I ask you. There's no way I would know that, right? But right. Like that that's a perfect example of like. You know, you, you have to ask the people that are close to the team because they know the behaviors. They, they right. know when the rhetoric is valid or when it's a little bit of GM speak. So that is right. incredibly helpful. Yeah, no, I, I just think that, you know, the, the, the team needs arms more than I think they need bats. So I think that the, the, the splashy move will come at the offense. But there's an argument, I agree with this argument, that the more productive move will come in the bullpen. Or on the starting rotation. So I'll flip the question back around to you. What's yeah, move number yeah. one for the Cardinals, Arnold? No, I appreciate that because yeah. honestly, the, the big thing that I'm writing about, and, and you know that. So what we do is like a three man rotation on the podcast on the Just Baseball mm-hmm. Show, and so I was the odd man out for this Cardinals breakdown, and I shot them a text before, and I was like, I really don't think shortstop's that big of a deal right now, mm-hmm. and they kind of pushed back on me, and I was like, Look, you can talk about whatever you want on the episode, but this is what I think. Like, yes, story would be great, but outside of that. I actually like what I saw from Imondo Sosa. Uh, you have a good enough offense all the way around where even if he's a 700 OPS guy, but he's playing phenomenal defense and stealing bags and being athletic, that's great. But also, Paul DeYoung, like, he plays above average defense. He still runs into baseballs. He, he still was almost a two-war guy in a miserable year last year in shortened workload and had a three-to-four war for his first three seasons in baseball. I think you got to give him one more shot here. Obviously, if story can be attained for a reasonable price, you go for it. If you get if you get priced out of story, I would way rather put those assets towards starting pitching and relievers, like you said, especially because you don't know totally what you're going to get from Alex Reyes next year, right? I'm hoping he's going to look more like the first half guy or even something between the first half and the second half guy, which I think is the most reasonable uh, you know, belief. But who knows with somebody like that? You don't know what you're going to get from Jordan Hicks, though it's incredibly exciting that he'll be back, and that is a big boost. Uh, right. you, you do lose Luis Garcia, who was great at the end of the year for you. Uh, uh, there were some good moves that I like, and there were some moves to, to retain some guys that I like. But 
Uh, I definitely think that you got to address starting pitching. I would I would take a shot at Radon. Uh, obviously, that's that's one of the easy things to say, right? Is go mm-hmm. take a shot. But I think they gave Matt's multiple years to lessen the AAV of it, right? Eleven million wow. a year for Stephen Matz is spectacular. It's yeah. absolutely spe- four years for Matz is a long time. I think most teams are probably willing to go three. And I think that's how they were able to steal Matt's away from the Mets and some other teams. Um, one of eight teams, some of the reports were. Right? It had to be the extra yeah. year. I have to think everybody's willing to go for $11 million a year for Steven Matz. So, so I'm looking starting pitching. I wouldn't rule out a trade. I know the Cardinals don't have the most loaded system in the world, but they mm-hmm. have shown to have some more depth. I think they had a, a bunch of guys put it together offensively, which we'll talk about. And Nolan Gorman at this point, like I know – People really like him, but he's getting a lot of run at second base. The Cardinals do have a lot of middle infielders, especially the second base type, especially if Sosa's not going to play shortstop. You still have DeYoung under contract. Mm-hmm. You have Tommy Edmond. There's more guys in the fold, too. I almost wonder if you look to package a Nolan Gorman um, and some other guys because there are some really good depth pieces to go get a Zach Plesak. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something that I think you would see Cleveland be very interested in. And that would be the big splash, quote unquote, would be to go get and try and buy low on a Zach Plesak. I think he would be a huge get for the Cardinals. And I think he's going to bounce back big time next year. I don't know how Cardinals fans feel about making a trade, so to speak, since they do have the financial flexibility. So I'd, yeah. I'd imagine a trade is probably more unlikely, right? Well, the, the, the counter to that would be that, yes, the farm system is depleted, for lack of a better phrase, but you've got some controllable pieces. Um, you know, you've got Dakota Hudson, who's still arbitration eligible. You can have Miles Michaels under contract for the next two seasons. Um, so you, you have Paul DeYoung under contract for the next, I, I believe, three. Uh, I believe it's until 2026, maybe maybe four, uh, blanking on that contract right now. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a minor league piece. You know, you, you have controllable pieces. Now, are those pieces desired? Does anybody want Miles Michaels for two years? Does anybody want to pay Paul DeYoung that kind of money? That's a different question. But I don't think that it has to be a top three prospect. And I don't think the Cardinals are willing to part with their top three prospects. We saw that in the Marcelo Zuna deal. We saw that in the Paul Goldschmidt deal. We saw that in the Nolan Arenado deal. The Cardinals didn't lose a top three prospect any of those deals. Um, And those prospects have changed throughout those deals. I I acknowledge that. But they're really high on their top three farm system prospects. And we'll get into that in in a couple of minutes. But I think that the money is going to be spent. there's always going to be somebody that disagrees with how it's spent. Oh, you spent money on a bullpen arm. That sucks. But at the end of the day, the bullpen struggled in the middle part of the year because you had three arms that you could rely on. Henesis Cabrera, Alex Reyes, and Giovanni Gallegos. Called them the big three in May and June, and then, or in, in April and May. And then June and July hit, and they were overworked. Starters were averaging about four innings a game at that, at that point in time. They ended up averaging just over five. You saw struggles happen. You saw guys not be effective. T.J. McFarland and Luis Garcia came in and settled things down. T.J. McFarland was a double play machine. You mentioned moves that they retained. T.J. McFarland was one of those arms. I think the Cardinals need another lefty to replace Andrew Miller, and they need a right-handed reliever. I would love a Joe Kelly acquisition and a Brad Brad Hand or Andrew Chapin type deal, or even a Ryan Tapera from the right side. I love Tapera. That was going to be the first uh, guy I was going to say is Ryan Tapera, I think, fits right in because – that that just proven arm at this point, because yes, mm-hmm. Tapera Tapera was not quite the guy that he's been the last two or last year and a half, you know, going back in the earlier days of his career. But I think at this point you can see the swing and miss, especially after last year. Like Tapera's mm-hmm. for real. 
Uh, and I would love to see someone with a little bit more experience, you know, in, in the back of that bullpen. Because I do think that there's some big time upside with a lot of these arms, but oh. yeah, they need a lo- they need a little bit of just baseline, right? Like mm-hmm. veteran, just and of course it's vo- a volatile position for everybody involved. Funny enough, the other episode we recorded on the Just Baseball Show the other day was is paying relievers worth it? Right. And what we decided is, you know, it's different case to case. But if you're a young, talented bullpen you can still go get a veteran for relatively cheap. And I, I even think a, a Chafin, like you said, uh, or a Brad Hand, who aren't quite what, where they were at the peak of their career, I always give you that veteran presence that I think is, is still essential in a bullpen, though it's less emphasized. I agree. And I think that, you know, as exciting as uh, Gallegos and Cabrera and, and Hicks and, and even Helsley, and I, I like Cody Whitley, who's a prospect that's coming mm-hmm. up. I like all those guys. I love Cody Whitley. I really do. He, he came on his last 10, in, 10 innings of the year were spectacular. I, I, I love Cody Whitley. As exciting as those guys are, a lot of these guys, you know, Giovanni Gallegos is probably the most veteran bullpen arm you have. Yeah. You know, and I think that you need a veteran presence. You, you, you know, Joe Kelly might not be the wisest of people. He's still a hoot and a holler, but Joe Kelly could be that veteran presence or Ryan Tepera, like you mentioned. And Brad Hand has been around the block. Brad Hand has won and saved some baseball games. You know, uh, you just have to wonder, is Brad Hand the kind of guy that to relinquish the, the closer role? He's been a closer for arguably most of his, if not all of his career. So, um, or do the Cardinals want him to be a closer? But in my opinion, Giovanni Gallego says has earned that role. Um, before we get to the prospects, I want to do ask, we talked about a little bit, who's one bullpen arm um, of the Cardinals that you looked at that you're most excited for heading into, the, into this following season? Well, ooh, that's a great question. There's a lot of them. Um, there, I think there are a lot of them that you could pick, in my opinion. I mean, the obvious choice is Hicks, just because what right. he does is is like, you know, sorcery. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, watching that guy throw is is just so fun when he's mm-hmm. healthy, and we've been deprived of that. Like, I could watch – it shouldn't be legal to, to do what he does <laughs> with the baseball, right? You shouldn't be able to throw 102 with sync. Um, right. So I'm super excited to see that and hope he's healthy. But I actually think Gallegos – can turn himself into, you know, one of, I, I, I see him getting better and better. And I mm-hmm. think he could turn himself into one of the, one of the better relievers in the game. I, I really think if, if he puts it all together, he can do that. And, and if that's the case, you know, that's a really fun guy to watch. Uh, so I, that's another name I'm watching. I'll take you a step further. Somebody that, you know, I don't even know when he'll fully be in the fold. I know he was selected to the 40 man and he, he was made his way up to triple a by the end of the season, Freddie Pacheco. I'm really hoping I get to see some Freddie Pacheco at the big league level, 23 year old who, you know, obviously comes with some command issues, but I thought made some major improvements in that regard. And he's disgusting. Like he is disgusting. I'm talking like 99, hundred with a ridiculous breaking ball from a, like a low release point at 511, 200 pounds. He's electric and could be another stud in the back end of that bullpen. He was on the AF, uh, Arizona Fall League All-Star team, wasn't he, or All-Team? That, that name yes. is Isabel from the Arizona Fall League, right? Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, I think that then the Cardinals have might not have like, you know the, the most loaded farm system, but I'm still excited about this farm system. And I think that we, we could see the top three make their debuts in 2022. Um, uh-huh. you're, you said you're, you're, this is Cardinals week, as we talked about on JustBaseball.com, and you, you're a prospect guy. Minor league play-by-play boys, former host of Lifetime Prospects, prospect guy. So you know your stuff. That's why I love having you on about prospects. I'm not asking you to spoil the, the order of the top 10 or the top three even, but who are some top prospects that you're excited about for the Cardinals and, and what you're expecting from them in 2022? 
So what I will spoil is how outrageously obsessed I am with Jordan Walker. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you can you can lock that guy in for number one, which, you know, if anybody even goes to just baseball.com and, and goes to our top 100 prospect list, you'll see where Jordan Walker is. And, and we're updating that list. And um, so I'm doing each individual team. And then once I'm done with the team rankings, you know, then I, then I update the top 100 list. But with how high Jordan Walker is, you, you just know he's going to be number one on the <laughs> top 10. He's not a human being. No, and, he's uh, so good. He's unbelievably good. And I watched hours and hours and hours of him over the last few weeks defensively too, funny enough. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think his his glove even plays enough at third base. Yeah, he makes some errors. But I, I was really impressed with how well he moves over there for a six-foot-five kid. Uh, he is going to be incredibly special. And I think he's way more advanced than a lot of people thought, uh, which which is really exciting as well. Uh, but somebody that I was really excited about was was Nick Plummer, um, mm-hmm. because you know some people might be like, oh yeah, he's twenty five and finally like just was beaten up on younger competition. That's you'll see with my write up on this, but I'm sold on the Nick Plummer improvements. This isn't just some guy that just has been around for a while and just finally was able to get acclimated to, to beating up on younger competition. This is a guy who overhauled his swing dramatically mm-hmm. and overhauled almost everything he's got going on there. He's a freak athlete and really figured out how to control his body a lot better. I'm sold on what I saw from him offensively. And yes, he has to do it at the big league level, but for a guy that was, was, you know, one of the worst sitters in the minor leagues for a few years to do what he did last year, I watched all of his swings and saw the changes he made. I'm really impressed with what he was able to do and the improvements he made in the box. So that's one of the more underrated guys. And then of course, mm-hmm. Alec Burleson. I interviewed yeah, him. Yeah, he, he lit it up. Yeah. We have an article on justbaseball.com, a sit down interview I did with Burleson. And, and he's one, he's, he's got the approach. He's got the ability, uh, but you know, something that just is so insightful that he said to me that I just like, you don't even think about on the outside is that, He's like, yeah, I was a two-way player at East Carolina. As a pitcher, you don't get to or you don't want to do too much insanely uh, daunting upper body workouts and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I was never really putting on major hitter strength. The second I put the pitching on hold and and went all in on hitting in professional baseball, I was able to put on that offensive player strength, and I'm seeing it translate at the plate. Uh, And it's just crazy to see things like that, and then you see it you know, in the stat sheet. It makes sense. Uh, so mm-hmm. Burleson's a guy I, I really like too uh, as a person, but really like the swing as well. And, and he's got what it takes between the years. I think there's a lot of intriguing options. I want to get two more questions. And first of all, with Jordan Walker, I think it's intriguing. You know, the Cardinals had just traded for Nolan Arnato, and then they draft Jordan Walker. They're, they draft Jordan Walker with a first overall pick, a third baseman at the time. Where do you think Jordan Walker fits in the mold? Not this year, obviously, but maybe 2023, 2024. With the possible DH coming, do you see Jordan Walker pushing Nolan Arenado to DH, Jordan Walker to DH, Jordan Walker to first base? Where do you see him? You mentioned he has a good glove. Where do you see him fitting in with this Cardinal team defensively? Yeah, so I, that's the million-dollar question, right? And, right. you know, I, what I was really – I was expecting to see a flat-footed guy that, you know, might not move too well. Yes, he had some some instances where he looked like an 18-year-old playing, you know, <laughs> high A third base. But yeah. for the most part, I was so impressed at his ability to make plays ranging to his left, to his right, different arm angles, throwing on the run, how quick he was able to move. For that reason, you know, I think he's capable of sticking at third. But obviously, you're not going to displace 
arguably the best defensive third baseman since Brooks Robinson uh, <laughs> from, from their position. So right. what I was actually really impressed with is that he moves well. He has a massive arm. I'm talking like 70 grade plus plus arm, maybe even more than that. He could easily anchor a corner outfield spot, I think, in the meantime. Yes, of course, he can play first base. Right. Yes, he can DH. Uh, but I actually think, and that might be a, a, not the most common opinion ever, but for, I've seen a lot, and with that arm on top of it, I think he could anchor a corner no problem uh, if they really needed him to. Uh, but, you know, he's still probably two years plus out. I still right. think Arenado is going to be picking it in two years. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably going to be the case. I, I could see a move to a corner outfield, but I think he would be more than fine out there. At some point, that bat's going to play no matter where he gets in, whether it's first, third, outfield, or even catcher. Who, who knows? Yeah. Jordan Walker's going to get in. Right. Um, final question about the prospects, and then we'll get wrapped up here. It's about to hit time. Very simple. Do we see Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman at the major league level in 2022? Libertor, I think 100%. I think he does need another five, six, seven starts in AAA, see how things go. Um, you know, I think he's still feeling out his arsenal. That curveball that's so majestic, I think people realize are starting to realize it's more just majestic. Uh, and the sliders actually is more effective pitch, even though mm -hmm. the curveball is aesthetically pleasing. Started using the slider way more down the stretch and had more success. It's hard to have success with 70 miles an hour, no matter how much movement or break it has. And I think he's figuring out how to use his arsenal more. Another handful of starts, I actually think he could be a, a solid rotation piece for them. You know, next year, yes, he'll have some growing pains, but uh, could help. Uh, right. Gorman, it's more so where does he fit in, right? I, and I also really feel like he needs to work out on the lefty things. He needs to work through the lefty struggles. The left-on-left yeah. -left issues are just too egregious at this point. You don't want him to be limited in that regard. Right. Some guys never quite figure it out. I'd like to see him get another 200 plate appearances, 300 plate appearances to work through that. Uh, but, you know, I think it's going to take an injury to really see Gorman. Otherwise, there's no – I don't know if there's a purpose to really force him up. He has ex accelerated his process. But remember, he was right. a high school guy drafted a couple years ago. There's no right. rush here. You don't have to add him to the 40-man anytime soon. I, I would I would give it a little bit more time. I think you see Libertor first. Well, I mean, that, that makes that Randy Rosemary look a little bit nicer if you can get uh, Libertor in the mix a little bit sooner. Uh, but, Arm, I appreciate you coming on at Cardinals Week of Just Baseball. Tell my listeners where, where they can find your work on, on Twitter and, and, every, and everything else. You've got a lot, a lot of places to find. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at RMLayton8 and, of course, on Twitter for Just Baseball at JustBBMedia. Uh, we'll have the top 10 prospect list out tomorrow. Uh, and I should have my Cardinals, uh, just GM state of the team article out in the next couple hours as well. So can't thank you enough, Lucas and uh, big fan, of all the work you're doing. And also I got to connect with you because I want to get out to St. Louis for a ball game this coming Absolutely. season. Uh, one of the final stadiums I have to check off. So, uh, we'll have to connect at some point, but I really appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Save them, save them one of the best for last. There's no bad seat in Bush, is what I always say. So uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. So thanks again, Arm. Uh, Cardinal fans, thanks for tuning in today. And until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.